0: Welcome to the Pathfinder podcast, whose mission is to help men and the people who love them to be the best version of themselves. Right. Welcome to the Pathfinder podcast. My name's Will, and I'm delighted to introduce my very good friend, Caroline Martin, who's now married, and Caroline Rowett. I've known Caroline for a very long time. Won't go into quite how long, but um, we're we're very old friends from school in Zimbabwe. And Caroline is now a qualified time to think coach and facilitator. She's a transformational coach uh, with an interest in obviously children because that's where she specialized, but that was born out of being a mother herself. And she works in both a mixture of groups, workshops and one-to-one coaching. Uh, where she helps parents to find confidence in their parenting so that they can be better parents to their children, which is hugely important. Um, I I got excited when I connected with Caroline and wanted to introduce her um, to the idea of coming onto the podcast because I'm going through the the parenting thing myself. And uh, while it is the absolute privilege of, of all of our lives, it's also such a challenge. And it's just great to have somebody... Caroline's experience and expertise to chat through some issues. So welcome, Caroline, great to have you.
1: Thank you. Well, it's lovely to be here. And great to connect with you again, after all this time. <laughs>
0: yeah, And funny how we've gone from being kids ourselves to now being parents and having to deal with with the flip side of, of all of that.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. Quite a quite a shift. <laughs> yes.
0: Yeah. So Caroline, obviously, I know a bit of backstory about you. Would you mind sharing a little bit about yourself in terms of your early memories of school growing up and, and how that might've shaped you in terms of um, where you've gotten to today?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, as you mentioned, um, I grew up in Zimbabwe um, and I'm now living in the UK, which uh, has I've been for the last coming up 20 years now. Um, but yeah, I mean, nothing, really prepared me for what I am doing now, except that I was very fortunate to have um, an experience of parenting that was supportive and encouraging, um, and really enabled me to, to flourish. Um, So I saw the importance of that. Um, But yeah, I went to school in Zimbabwe, and then I went to university in Cape Town, um, studied architecture, and then realized that that was a lot of sitting behind a computer, and I'm actually a people person. So that was a bit of a a shift of dynamic. Um, And then um, I had children. uh, And then after they got to sort of ages of um, about eight and 10, I suddenly realized that I needed to think about what I was going to do when they needed me slightly less. Um, and so I started to, to look into coaching. Um, and I think, as you mentioned, you know, you see the transformation in other people and the bug bites, it is really one of the most rewarding, um, careers, I think. And what, what I discovered is that, um, a lot of the clients that I was working with were mums who had lost a lot of confidence because, you know, you don't, you don't know what you're doing when you're a mum. You don't, you don't get a degree in being a parent. You don't have Someone saying this is how you should do things. Well, you do have a lot of people, actually. <laughs> saying, this is how you should do things, <laughs> but you don't always know quite which path to follow, um, and and that can really knock uh, people's confidence. So so I found it really rewarding working with parents to find that confidence again, and also to to parent from a place of of calm, um, so that you can be the right person for your children. Um, yeah, so so that's really sort of <laughs> cool to hear in a very short. <laughs>
0: Brilliant, yeah, absolutely. And just for interest' sake, I mean, I, I know chatting to you, a couple of my old friends from school, you know, we we compare notes about challenges we're going through as, as dads, um, you know, and every now and again somebody will will bring out the old quip, you know, you, you have to get a license to drive a car, you have to, you know, go to school and and and. Pass tests to, you know, fire a gun or fly an aeroplane, but nobody qualifies you for being a parent. We we just one moment you happy and carefree, next moment the screaming bundle of joy turns up and turns your your world upside down. So, um, what kind of training would you say might be helpful for people who are looking to become parents? So. You know, people who, who've who got to that point where they're thinking, yeah, we're ready to have children, um, as well as obviously those of us who need a crash course because it, it's happened and suddenly it's, it's all in our face. <laughs>
1: yeah. uh, well, I think there's no one path to it, but I think the I think the main thing is to remain open and curious and observant. Um, you've got a you've got a human life in your hands that you are trying to support and and encourage to be their best. Um, and it really is about noticing them you know who who they are as a person. Um, and and doing a bit of research as well is really helpful so knowing where they are in their development and, and understanding certain parts of of what's going on for them cognitively um, and emotionally so that you can, I, so that you can sort of approach things from a better un, a place of understanding, I think. Um, and also, I, uh, probably the most important thing is to, to spend some time with yourself so that you understand your reactions so that you know why things are triggering you in the way that they are, because, you know, someone else's toddler having a tantrum is not going to elicit the same response as my toddler having a tantrum. So there's something going on in my brain watching my toddler having a tantrum which yep. is going to be different yep. yeah. um, and so what is that you know what what's going on for you uh, and to be curious about that I think is probably the the best thing that we can do as parents.
0: So that sounds like as parents we, we have to do a bit of work in terms of both our self-awareness and a, and a bit of ego as well I guess.
1: Yeah yeah definitely <laughs> because I think yes self, self-awareness is is key. Um, There are always going to be certain things that your child does that are going to make you see, you know, be like a a, a red rag to a bull. Mm -hmm. Um, And, and that's where, you know, if we understand what that is, we can go, oh, I recognize that. Oh, I know what's going on for me in this situation. So, I can pause and I can take a deep breath and I can step away and then I can respond in a way that's going to be helpful. But if you don't have that sort of self-awareness, then you're going to find yourself in repeat patterns of reacting in ways you don't want to do, like yelling and and all of that sort of stuff. So yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. Cool. So you, you talked a little bit earlier about the fact that you obviously trained as an architect. So were you practicing and then kind of realized, actually, this isn't for me? Or was that a kind of a transition where you got to a point where you thought, yeah, I've done this architecture stuff and I'm, I'm looking for something else? And, and the coaching kind of um, grabbed you, I guess.
1: No, I didn't get that far. So I did my first degree. So architecture sp- split into, into two degrees at, at UCT, which is where I studied. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did my first degree and then I did my work experience and it was during my work experience that I thought, no, this isn't this isn't quite sitting. Okay, so... Well. Um, so I went back to UCT and I did um, an enterprise management postgrad, uh, w- which was how, how to start up your own business. And yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. which was which stood me in good stead starting up the yeah, coaching
0: business absolutely absolutely cool so cool. in terms of your coaching business obviously that's what you you're doing right now um what cool. would you say were your biggest challenges or or um kind of any roadblocks that you had to overcome to to get going
1: i think the biggest one when you're starting out a business where you are the business <laughs> you know that's you're not selling anything except yourself and your expertise um, it's I think the the biggest block is really getting over that um reticence to sell yourself you know and, and I think that's that was possibly my biggest challenge because it's no point in in me knowing what I'm doing and me being able to help people and me really loving the results that that people are managing to get when they come to me um, and and not telling anyone about it. <laughs> so yeah. it's, it's being able to actually get over that hump. So that was definitely a hurdle. Um, but luckily coaching works. So I just um, went to my coach and she helped me. <laughs> and that, and that got, got me over that bump.
0: Fantastic. Um, to go back to that awakening moment you had in terms of the architecture wasn't your thing. Uh, obviously, we, we're going back a ways, and, and the, the coaching wasn't anywhere on the horizon, yet children weren't on the horizon. Um, mm-hmm. Was there any particular person or, or, or thing that happened within you that kind of resonated or, or kind of said, hold on a minute, I've got the aptitude for this, but it's not my path?
1: Mm, that's a good question. Um, gosh, I'm trying to put myself back into my sort of 20-something-year-old self. Um, I think i I think I felt a bit lonely when I was doing it, you know, I thought, hang on, this doesn't, um, yeah, it, I, I think it was just that sitting in front of a computer thinking I'm not getting any kind of feedback from other people because it is you're, you you were doing your design and of course there is there is interaction at certain points it's not yeah. but but yeah it didn't um, and and when i did the enterprise management postgrad i i loved that and that really was was fun and fulfilling and we had a target and we had to hit it and it seemed it felt a little bit i did, i felt like i got my drive back i think Mm-hmm. Um and and that I thought, yeah, that that's right. This is this is a so I actually went into because that a lot of that was sort of retail based. So when I came over to the UK, um I went into retail and I sold bathrooms for quite a long time. Um and and did um uh and then I went into and that's that's the thing that sort of led me into the coaching actually was I went travelling after we got married and then I went to um, get, went back to the same company I was working for and did uh, their sales, um, training. So I went into the training side of things, um, and, and that I quite enjoyed and that was very people focused. Um, so I did consider going into that sort of training side of, of life and that then led me down the coaching because I was exploring that whole, um, development area. Um, yeah. yeah.
0: Any any one person or or a course perhaps something like that that sort of jumped out at you and said you know try this or, or try me.
1: I think. Well, that's I mean it's interesting. I I think my parents always supported me to to try what felt right for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I didn't get pushed in any particular direction by them. Um, And I think I've always been pretty self-directed, actually. Yeah, yeah, some Uh, might call it.
0: (laughs) You didn't have a a, a Tony Robbins moment or or something like that.
1: You know, I didn't, Monia. I'm (laughs) trying to think of what I might have, who might have sort of, I mean, I certainly, um, when I did my postgrad, I really resonated with the person who was taking it. And there was a lot of, um, he was doing his MBA at the time so it was a lot of the learning that he was having from that was coming through into mm-hmm. what he was teaching us um, and and there were things like um, you know, Stephen Covey's work and you know other you know okay. that yeah. kind of um, thing which actually funnily enough I've read that book again recently and it has a lot of inspiration for parents I think I read it in a very different way yeah now than I did mm. when when yeah. I was yeah. without yeah. children mm. um but no there were. like I'm trying to think I mean I I guess actually in some ways Dan my husband I was I was with him that was the first year of our relationship was actually when I kind of changed direction um so he would have also he was definitely also influ- influential in supporting me to mm. to decide what to do um and he's always been you know if i said i'm going to be a rocket scientist he was saying, yes you could go for it you know <laughs> so yeah i, I mean think.
0: You know, obviously <laughs> dan dan was was my head boy at school and um you know just as, exactly as you say he he was one of those people who was just incredibly supportive of your ideas and, and and stuff you wanted to, to have a go for. So I can imagine, you know, for you, that would have been a great support as well.
1: Yeah, yeah. And he has always been um, in that that place for me. Uh, he's always been incredibly encouraging and mm. always believed that I could do anything, no matter how ridiculous um, it would seem to other people.
0: <laughs> we, we need more people like that in the world, don't we? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> So in terms of, of the parenting, um, obviously you do some one-to-one work, uh, you, you do some, some group work. I, I would imagine that would be predominantly with parents rather than parents and kids. Um, could you tell us a little bit more about how, how that works and, and what sort of outcomes um, you're looking to, to help people with? Hmm.
1: So um, yeah, so I run, um, I've, I've got a couple of support groups going, which are for parents of um, children of a particular age. Right. So um, one's a, a parents of toddlers, um, and the other is parents of reception, uh, just before reception in year one, that okay. age. Um, and that is, yes, just with, with parents. I don't um, work with children at all. So it is just the parents. Um, and those are regular monthly groups that um, we we meet. So that's it's a, a opportunity for them to learn some skills, but also for them to discuss with each other what's going on for them and mm-hmm. and just explore that and have a little bit of space to think. Particularly at that age, you you don't get a lot of time. Yeah. to think for Yeah. Yeah. Um, so so that's the, the one side. And then the workshops are much more um, skills-based and they're much more about what uh, you can learn at a particular stage or phase or what your child's going through. Um, the last one I just did was with uh, parents of tweens. So that age between 10 and 12 where they're transitioning um, from childhood to teenagerhood. Mm-hmm. Uh, which can take parents a little bit by surprise, um, and so, yes,
0: <laughs>
1: <indeed>. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a wonderful age, but it is um, it, it can also send parents into a bit of a, a spin because they start to see teenage behaviour, and it can um, can set a sort of. Uh,
0: I, yeah, I identify with that so much. I, I've been going through that sort of you know she's you know, 11, 12, going on 25 some days, and some days it's my little girl again, and some days she's, yeah, I don't know who this person is living in my house, sort of thing. <laughs> yeah. Um,
1: yeah, and it's a, it's, there's a lot going on for them, so it's sort of understanding what's going on for them, and also um, learning, learning how you can best support them, and also how you can be prepared for, and also not to view the teenage years as this great looming, uh, thing that is coming at you with a sense of doom you know it's actually a wonderful period and yes they do push against all your boundaries that you put in place and yes they don't want to cuddle always and and there is a definitely a little bit of a sense of loss from the 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 child that you had (laughs) Um, but they're growing into to wonderful um teenagers and and then into adults so it's looking forward to that as well.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: And so so that's what that workshop is, is about, is the, the tweens one. But there's, so the workshops tend to focus on a particular stage that children are going through and how parents can, um, and it is an opportunity for them again to think for themselves about certain aspects. So I, I'll pose questions for them to think of in pairs and that sort of thing. So it's very much an interactive workshop. Um, and then the one-to-one on coaching is, is, is that. It's very much about again parents having an opportunity to think for themselves and just to work out what's going on because often when they're hit with certain challenges, they can only see the challenge and they and it becomes this sort of looming thing that keeps repeating and they feel more and more overwhelmed by the situation that they're in, and actually just having that space where they can. Kind of a, um get it all out <laughs> yeah, yeah. Can, can be very very helpful and and i parents can generally just work stuff out for themselves in that situation they don't need a lot of input put from me um if they do need specific things you know how would you do this then yeah sure i can help them with that but um, what I tend to find is that, given the right environment, parents don't need me. <laughs> they can they can work through a lot of their stuff, and they can come to a lot of the conclusions that they need to, just with a few good questions, really.
0: It, it's it's having exactly that. It's it's having the mirror to to reflect and and having that bit of guidance, isn't it?
1: Mm, mm, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what I do in a, in a nutshell, Fantastic. <laughs> which is wonderfully rewarding and I love it.
0: Awesome. So I'm going to throw a couple of questions at you in terms of some of the challenges that myself and, and some of my fellow parents, dads particularly are, are struggling with and things that we, we're kind of talking about and, um, it'd be great to, to get some, some tips and tricks in terms of, of that practical um, advice and things we can look at implementing, changing or, or thinking about. Mm-hmm. So if you're ready, I'm gonna go for it. Go for it. <laughs> cool. <laughs> uh, let's start with a nice easy one. The big one, social media. <laughs> um, obviously, lots of political and, and economic issues in terms of you know the big media companies and 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 so on with and and people trying to get regulation more regulation and and that sort of thing but um from a from a practical parenting perspective how would you i mean you know obviously every child is different uh from a maturity and 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 capability perspective in terms of handling social media um how would you suggest a parent approaches it so your child's about to get to that age where they need to have a phone? Um, you know, do you give them a, a bog standards? You can send a text message and you can phone home. Do you give them a smartphone with all the, the risks that that, that poses? Um, what would you say would be a, a starting point um, in terms of introducing the whole social media thing to your children?
1: Well, I think the starting point would be for the parent to think about it you know, to think about uh, what do they think about social media? What do they, as the parent, mm-hmm. um, you know, what, what are their fears around it? And are they true? Are they real? Are they, um, you know, there is, as you say, there is a lot in the media that's, that can really hype up a parent's fear about social media and, and phone use and all of that sort of thing. But if a parent, I think, thinks about it first, they will probably get some perspective on it, um And I think the other thing that I do do um, in my tweens course is actually, um, I have, and actually, if anyone wants to sign up to my newsletter, I can send that out with it in the next one. Um, But it is a social, it's a questionnaire about phone use. And it really is for both the child and the uh, parent to do together. So they each have their own questionnaire. It's the same questionnaire, but it's to get some perspective on your own phone use so that you are able to model the kind of phone use that you would like your children to have because it's you know it's an addictive device adults struggle to to manage their own phone use and we can't expect our children who have you know their prefrontal cortex isn't fully formed their um, impulse uh, responses are, are you know they're going to be far more impulsive than we are. So we can't expect them to be able to, to manage all of these things uh, when often adults can't. So it's really getting some clarity around that whole thing for both of you. And if you do that that questionnaire, what it does do is it opens up a conversation. And I think that's the important thing. It's not to see the phone as this evil device that every time you walk past your child and they're on it, you go, oh, that horrible thing, you know, and it becomes this, battle between you because that doesn't that doesn't help your relationship at all so so yeah it's it's thinking about how do you use your phone how what do they need to do on their phone what's what's realistic um you know how often do they need to use it they they're connecting with their friends and you know if we think back to our uh teenage years we were on the phone to to friends you know it wasn't a mobile phone but we were on you know for for often quite long periods of time and i'm sure our parents thought good grief what are they talking about but there is that natural um, need for teenagers to connect with each other um so so to to really recognize that as well Mm -hmm. but then also to look at you know what are they missing out if they're on their phones all the time and what can you help them do instead so if you aren't helping you know if you're not encouraging them to do other things, then what, what are they gonna do? They're gonna to default to being on their phones. So it's, it's, it's talking around the whole issue. It's not just the phone. And it's, um, so that's the, the phone use, but I think also the social media side of things, it's to be very aware of the apps that your children are using, you know, and to, to have them, I've got all the apps my daughter has on my phone Um, I follow her on social media, you know, so I can see what she's doing. Um, And, and I do have limits, you know, I I think, again, it's for something that parents need to think about for themselves. But on her phone, she does have limits of how long she can use certain apps. Um, And I think, but I, but, and again, the other thing about social media is a lot of the detrimental stuff happens with children's self-esteem so how else are you building their self-esteem you know are you noticing what's good about them and are you sharing that with them so are you saying wow you're so creative you did that amazing tiktok you know are you are you actually noticing their creativity are you noticing their, their ingenuity are you noticing their you know what are you noticing about them and what are you sharing with them rather than going oh you're wasting all your time on that social media so so building their self confidence and building their self-esteem away from um social media is really important and that's something that we can you know we're we're the ones they don't they're not going to get unconditional love from very many people we are the ones who are going to give that to them Mm -hmm. so are we giving that to them as fully as we can are we sharing appreciation with them on a regular basis those those are the things that I think are important to 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 look at and when a child has that sense of self-worth and the self and self-esteem then they're going to be less affected by negative social media happenings Um, uh, and also to to look at social media for what it is to have that conversation with your kids know there's a there's again in my tweens workshop i encourage parents to do um a, a a fun game which i've done with my daughter you can walk around your house and you can take instagram perfect photos of the whole house you know you you could do it you could move things over here and you could dust and you can you know you can make it look all pretty but what actually has to happen to take an instagram perfect shot and then what go around the house and take normal photos? You know, take the dishes sitting by the sink, mm. take the pile of washing in the laundry basket, you know, all the normal things that are happening in the house. And, you know, what's reality and what's going on Instagram? So it's to just. Have that com- again. It's a conversation with them. It's a bit of a game. You can have a laugh about it, but it's getting them to be aware that what they're seeing on social media is not reality. Yeah. It's 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 a pretty version. It's not entirely fake always, but it's not. You know, it's not the dirty laundry. It? It's the highlights reel, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's the highlights reel. So, yeah. so getting them to understand that as well is. Um, And and owning their feed, you know, so that who who are they following? Do the people they're following make them feel good, um, or or not? And if they don't, then don't follow them. Mm. You know, there's some great advice on places like Young Minds um, about that sort of thing as well. So yeah, so I'm not sure if that did that answer your question.
0: (laughs) Thank you very much. Brilliant. Yeah, it's it's and as you say, it's it's such a minefield because as a parent, on the one hand, you you want your child to have similar to their friends, because that, that's the other thing that always gets thrown at you is, I'm the only one who's not allowed this, or, you know, so-and-so's parents let them do that, or, you know, and and of course, we're, we're responsible for our own kids, and we, we can only make choices for them, um, I think it, it's, it's great to to have some ideas of, you know, things you can do that are practical, that get them thinking, but also, as you say, force you to think about what your habits are and what, what things you're doing with your phone. Uh, just this mm-hmm. evening, we were you know, sitting at dinner and granted I, was, I wasn't playing, I was sending a, an update, uh, a, you know, coronavirus update to school to say she'd done her test and she was all clear or whatever. But I was doing it at the table and, and she said to me, dad, you shouldn't be on your phone at the table. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yep
0: Yeah, you got to follow the,
1: the health rules absolutely but, spot on yeah it's spot on. Yeah. And
0: yeah and uh it's, it's i guess it's it's that thing of you know don't just do as as i say You, i've got to do do the same too uh, rather mm-hmm. than do as i say not as i do which is i think in a lot of ways how people have parented in the past
1: yeah yeah and it is one of the most challenging aspects of parenting because you know to to be a role model we you know that can sometimes feel like quite a lot of pressure so that's one of the things that i help parents with in one-to-one coaching is you know you don't have to be perfect um and you don't have to get it right all the time and if you're using the phone at the table and your daughter says it you know the response is like oops you're absolutely right i'm going to put it away you know that's you're not gonna you're not gonna get it right and it's great that you've got the kind of relationship where she can she can say hey that rule (laughs) you know Yeah,
0: yeah absolutely but, yeah. Yeah. Cool. Now I asked a couple of men for specific questions, problems, uh, challenges that they were having with with parenting um, from from a from a father from a dad perspective, um, and I, I shared with you a couple of the, the sort of questions and, and challenges people wanted to get a bit of advice and and and. And ideas on, um, so I'm just going to ask you to talk a little bit about some of those. Uh, and the first one is obviously the way the world is. We, we know that there are um, a lot of blended families and 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 situations where people are either being a male role model in, in a home with with children that aren't their own or, or being you know formal you know step parenting. Uh, what sort of advice would you give? guys and, and those sorts of situations in terms of, you know, these are people who want to do a good job and, and, and be a good dad, role model, um, father figure. Um, any sort of practical advice for them?
1: Mm. Um, <clears throat> yeah. I mean, that can be um, a, a challenging situation. Certainly. Um, I, I think my, well, I think, again, it's it's to to find someone that you can talk to about it um, <clears throat> so that you're able to to think honestly about the situation that you're facing um, and someone who's not going to judge you. So that would be you know the first thing and maybe someone who's not that close to the situation. Um, so that you can try and work out some of the, the challenges that you, you are facing. Um, but I think, you know, it's it's similar to parenting your own children in that they are humans already they are you know, um, whatever age they are um, so it's it's observing them, getting to know them, um, understanding their you know the, the child's strengths and looking um, looking for the good in them I think is, is the is the first thing um and then to to really again be um willing to learn I think whether it's learning more about the the specific child and and how they are and who they are um, or a specific age and what that child might be facing at that particular age because you know as parents who you know if you if you have your own children you kind of grow with them and you notice the developments as they as they come but if you are step parenting often you've you've missed um, stages so it's really a bit of uh catch catching up I guess so reading parenting books at whatever age you know whether it's then there are lots of really good parenting books out there Um, so I think it that would be what I would say is you know find someone to talk to be really interested in the child and who they are um, and and be willing to learn um, whether that's through books or podcasts there are lots of podcasts out there as well Um, and and yeah if if you can coaching is obviously you know that's that's a good way to work things out as well Um, but I think I you know to also be aware of how you were parented and how that might be influencing your assumptions about who you should be in that relationship. Um, and, and rather than taking those assumptions with you, just sort of questioning, are they the right ones? Is this the role I really want to take into this family? Um, or you know, do they need it, you know, I'm I'm not sure of the exact situation, oh, sure. um, but, you know, they, it's, it's and it's going to be different. But I'm thinking as a step parent coming into a family, um, <clears throat> there are a lot of different dynamics. So to take it take it slow and be willing to learn, I think, probably.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think, again. As you say that that willingness to to learn the curiosity is hugely important, but alongside that, is probably uh, making that effort to to be open and honest and say look you know this is this is something that's that's new to me that's a, that's going to be a challenge um particularly if there's a, a a biological parent who's still involved and engaged um you know if they're not engaged well you know it, it's in a lot of ways that that's an almost easier situation in terms of stepping up and and, and doing a job as it were um but i think when when there is another parent engaged and involved is, is, you know, that, that sh- sort of challenge of, I'm not competing with your dad, your mom, whatever, mm-hmm. um, but I'm going to be just as caring. And, and and I have a parental responsibility. And I think that's, that's where a lot of people really struggle. Mm.
1: Mm. Yeah. And, you know, you, you, you're going to be triggered and uh, you know, by, by things that the, the children do, you, you know, depending on the ages of the children you're going to get pushback and you might have assumptions about what parenting looks like because of how you were parented but actually coming into a family it's going to look different so what what are you assuming and is that helpful or is it going to hinder you so as yes that that curiosity and I think it's it's difficult because there is there is a huge amount of vulnerability that's needed because you you don't know what you're doing um and to admit that you don't know what you're doing is hard um you know you don't know what you're doing when you have a child but they're a baby so they don't know that you don't know what you're doing (laughs) (laughs) but if you come into a family you know it's often when children are uh, sort of tweens or teens uh when when families sort of start to to join up and um and and the children Will know that you don't know what you're doing. <laughs> you know they'll they'll see that to actually sort of fessing up and going. You know what this is new to me, um, and and being vulnerable and open to to learning. I think is is key. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, love that. And and yeah, uh, you know that again talking about that ego thing. You know nobody wants to look like they don't know what they're doing, mm. but as you say. You know, none of us got a manual. None of us are experts at, at parenting. And, and oftentimes you'll look back and you'll think, oh, if, I, if I'd done that differently, you know, something else might have had a better outcome. And that's the challenge. And, and I, as you say, having those conversations and, and being vulnerable and saying, Yep, yeah, I, I don't know what I'm doing, um, but I'm willing to learn, talk to me, help me. And seeking outside help is, is hugely important.
1: Mm, yeah, definitely. Yeah.
0: So, in terms of your work, is that is that something that you would address um, in terms of a family dynamic where you, you might have competing parental styles, perhaps, or something like that?
1: Mm, yeah, I mean, I don't work with, with couples, I, I work one on one with people because okay. um, it's a it's quite personal you know a lot of the way we parent is influenced by how we were parented and obviously that's going to be mm-hmm. a very individual thing mm-hmm. um, uh, so ideally if if parents are competing then you know and they've got different parenting styles it's great if i can see both the parents separately um, but that's that's obviously ideal it doesn't always happen and i think yep. um, i always just encourage the parent that comes to me to work on with you know work on themselves first because you can't control whether or not your partner is yeah, going to persons, be yeah, yeah yeah um but if they see your change and they see that that you're um calmer that you're more confident then they might choose to come to to coaching them they they might not and that's something that i do help parents with because that that's often the case yeah is that um it's it's just focusing on your focusing on yourself and what you can control, and letting go of what you can't, and accepting yeah. what you can't control. Yeah, yeah. Cool.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, if if you were to give us three to five sort of tips or tricks or or practical takeaways, what 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 would they be?
1: Oh goodness yeah. me, um, three to five. Well, good. Okay. Um, I think <clears throat> I, I I think it it is to observe what's going on in any given moment to reflect. I think it, it's really helpful if so often with parenting we can come across the same things that trigger us and we get into repeat patterns of yelling. Uh, when our children do certain things. Um, and I think reflecting on what's going on is one of the, the most helpful things to do. So actually go, this keeps coming up. So instead of going, my child keeps doing this, rather go, hmm, I keep reacting like this. So what's going on? Because it's, our children are gonna do things you know, they, 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 they just are, they, they're children. Um, so they're not going to listen all the time. They're going to be playing on doing something really engaging. And when you ask them to come to the dinner table, they're going to go in a minute. You know, they're going to do all of these things. <laughs> and, and how we react to that um, matters for our own sanity as much as anything else. So if we if we keep reacting negatively, just to be reflective about that and to be curious about that, I think. Um, so yeah, so that's one to develop a reflective practice and journaling can can be really helpful for that. Um, and then to find out more, you know, to you know, we don't we don't know everything. And if you don't know how to deal with a certain situation, you, you don't have to keep doing things in the same way. You, you can find different ways. So to just be interested in finding out more, whether, as I said before, whether that's by listening to a blog, to, to a podcast or, or reading blogs or reading books, um, just to find out more about your child's development, what's going on for your child, what you could try differently. Um, and then, you know, I, I, I think it can be one of the hardest areas to admit that you need help with because there's this idea that parenting, we're supposed to know how to parent, you know, supposed to come naturally, we're supposed to be a natural at these things. And, and actually, Um, I think that's a myth, you know, I really do think it's a myth. Um, So, so just go, yeah, that's a myth. And I'm going to get some help. You know, Mm -hmm. I'm not feeling like, you know, having kids is not fun all the time. You're not going to be, you know, always sort of skipping through the daisies, but it should be fun. It should be enjoyable. Uh, I say the shoulds, you know, it, it, it's lovely if it is, you know, and it can be enjoyable and it can be fun. Um, and if it just feels like an overwhelming, stressful um, thing day after day, then then seek help for it because there are ways, you know whether it, in, whoever you seek it from, um, there are ways that you can make make it more enjoyable and can feel calmer and can feel more confident about it. Um, and then yeah, just, just, I don't know, love your kids, <laughs> they're great, that, you know. That's massive, that's <laughs> massive, and,
0: you know, just to, to, in, in summing up, you know, you, you've talked about observing our, our kids, getting to to really see who they are, um, reflecting on not only who they are, but also ourselves and our, our reactions to things that they do or things that trigger us in our responses to our kids, and then being open to learning um, different ways to be a better parent, also learning about the stage that your kids are going through, um, which, you know, to put it into kind of a, a scenario, I guess, um, you know, all of us have been house housebound and, and working from home, etc. And, you know, the kid comes in and wants to show you their, you know, latest iteration of some, drawing or you know a lego toy or whatever it is and and you you know you you've got a zoom conference going on or whatever it is and you know on the one hand you feel bad because you, you're shooing them out the room because you, you're trying to work but at the same time you, you realize that giving your kids attention showing them affection and, and acknowledging them is, is really important to them so mm-hmm. yeah i guess it's it's getting that balance and being at that point where the kids know that that love is there that at some point in the day they will get the attention because you're not working or not doing whatever um mm. yeah i love those um caroline i wanted to ask mm. if <laughs> no I, nothing tricky at all um <laughs> I, won't, I won't throw a big curveball at you um are there any sort of routines or or behaviours or practices that you would recommend from a parenting perspective that would help kids to feel better, feel more loved, acknowledged, um, any of those sorts of things?
1: Mm. I think the main one is, is listening to them, mm-hmm. you know, um, and, and actually proactively setting time aside for that. It doesn't have to be long. Um, And it it really actually 10 minutes where you're not interrupting them, where perhaps you ask a question that they're interested in answering, um, but perhaps they're just telling you something about their day um, and not interrupting them and not trying to fix anything, not trying to advise them, but just simply listening to them. Um, And I think that goes a long way because what that says to a child is that you're worth listening to. Um, And that really, um, encourages, it boosts self-esteem, it, um, makes them feel that they are able to think their way and out of situations because their thoughts are, are worth something because you've listened to them. Oh. So, yeah, I think, I think that would, would be probably my number, number one. Um, and then the other one, which I mentioned earlier is really to share appreciation with them for, for who they are, um, and, and find the qualities that we love about them. And there seems to sometimes be this feeling that they're gonna to get too big for their boots or um, a big head or whatever these other strange sayings are, but it actually, it doesn't actually, it brings um, with it uh, a real understanding of who they are as a person. Um, and when they have that self-confidence, usually humility comes with that actually. So, um, yeah, those, those are my, my top two things cool. appreciation and attention.
0: <laughs> Thank you. Um, if we were to look at, obviously, we're all, or well, those of us who are parents and dealing with all of those challenges, um, you know, we all have different ways of, of dealing with, with our stresses and, and, and pressure and all that sort of thing. Um, mm-hmm. As a coach, as a mom, what are the sort of things that you do um, as stress relief in terms of your own mental health and, and wellness? Um, would you be happy to share some of those with us?
1: Yeah, of course. Um, I, I don't. I tend to to hop from one thing to another, but I have a sort of routine of um, yoga and running and meditation and socialising. Um, I'm a extreme extrovert, so if I don't speak to people for a while, then that's not good for me. <laughs> I've learned that about myself. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it it is, you're absolutely right. It, we we have to do things that help us um, from a mental health perspective as well, because you can't be there for your children unless you you do that for yourself as well. So um yeah, I think those are the are the main the main things that I do. Um, if I'm feeling particularly sort of overwhelmed, um, then I tend to run. That's probably the thing that is my the, the stress release for me. But the other thing just keeps me on an even keel, I guess. Mm. Mm-hmm.
0: Cool. So, what's next for you? What uh, have you got? Any exciting projects, big workshops, anything like that coming up? Are you Writing your first book, anything like that?
1: <laughs> no, I think I, 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 think I won't write a book. There are a lot of wonderful, wonderful books out there, so I think that's not that's not going to be on the on the horizon. Um, but I am running some workshops. Um, I've got some parenting workshops coming up, and I'm starting another support group shortly. Um, and I am hoping to. Um, do some collaborations with schools at the beginning of September when hopefully we are able to actually have people in a hall that would be that'd be nice I do miss one um in-person workshops
0: oh, yeah, yeah yeah I know exactly <laughs> what you mean <laughs> yeah cool And um, in terms of your your workshops is obviously at the moment because of the situation there's been a lot of online stuff going on are you going to carry on doing it? offering some online workshops or are you going to be going back to mainly uh, face-to-face type?
1: So interestingly some of the support groups I've started up uh, during lockdown will need to remain online because people are not in the same location so Mm. they'll they'll stay and I think one-to-one coaching works very effectively online um, and the results are really good. What I would like to to probably not do much of, or group workshops. I think those will probably all go back to being in person. That's okay. my plan. I know a lot of people who do them on online, swear by them, and I'm, but I like, because they're small, the the ones I run are small and interactive because I like to get people really thinking for themselves in them. Mm. Um, so there needs to be a sort of level of, of safety for people yes. to do that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so, so that works really best in person, I find.
0: Cool. Are you reading any interesting books at the moment that you would recommend or are there any books in general that you might recommend to people to to have a read, you know, either about parenting or just personal okay. development in general?
1: Um mm, I have I'm just I'm reading two two books at the moment, but they're both parenting, they're both parenting books um one is Sarah uh oh gosh Sarah Smith, I think is her name um she's just brought out a book on tweens so that's quite a that's an interesting um read and the other one is the the grown-up's guide to teenage humans which is um which is I'm really enjoying actually it's a very good practical guide um written by Josh someone oh I should have looked these up for you, sorry. No
0: worries, I'll I'll Um, test them up and put them in the show notes. So that's not a
1: problem. Yeah, I was just going to say, I'll give them to you. But but both of those are are, are great books, actually. Um, And the latest one that I've read, which was not a parenting book, was um, The the Choice um, by Dr. Eva Egar, um, which is, she was an Auschwitz survivor, and it is... Um, it's not, it's not a new book. I just, um, I was given it by my mother-in-law recently, and um, I would highly recommend that. It is an incredible um, book about what it takes to be truly free, I think, you know, and how many levels of that, that we sort of have to un- wow. unpeel. <laughs> deep, but deep stuff. It is is deep, but it it just is written with such hope and wonderfulness. Uh, Mm. It's a fantastic book. Highly recommend that. Definitely
0: Mm. keep an eye out for that one then.
1: Yeah. I'll just double check all of those. Yeah. (laughs) Let you know. (laughs) Make make up names as they go along. I I don't think I have. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Do you have any
0: quotes or, or principles or values that either you live by or that have special meaning to you, or, or that you think are things that a person who's parenting should hold on to as as something to to help guide them on a on a daily basis.
1: Oh, um, there's a there's a wonderful quote um, by. Nancy Klein um, and I probably am not going to get the, the, the fullness of it. Um, but Nancy Klein was the woman who developed time to think um, and uh, based, which is how do you create an environment really that enables people to think at their best? So that's the sort of basis of her uh, exploration um and that led to to the coaching practice that i use which is the the time to think Um, and it is along the lines of attention and that nothing that we give our children and i'm I'm paraphrasing it's not the the beauty of her words but nothing that we give our children not sort of one digital ding dong or um fancy anything um, can um is, is, is as good as the attention which is um yeah and i'm and i'm not i'm not doing the quote justice again i'll have to to give it to you but it's it's on <laughs> stuck above my desk which is not where i'm sitting and it's and i think that is what i i think is so important as a parent and it's something that i try to ensure that i do for my children um not for hours on end because you know as all parents you know, one doesn't have hours on end but just mm-hmm. when I have the the time to really give them attention and actually my son will now uh tell me off for not listening to him so Good. that's quite <laughs> <laughs> if I'm distracted he says you're not listening to me <laughs> and you not get quite so, quite miffed so about that and I think yeah, absolutely I wasn't. Well, I yeah, apologise.
0: You'll get uh, <laughs> kids looking at you and going, "Mom, you're not practising what you preach." <laughs>
1: exactly. Exactly. Yep. Yeah, it's it's like the the phone at the table. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. No, uh, yeah. Yeah. Great. No, they, but as I said at the rather beginning, they they are wonderful, and it is it is the absolute privilege of our lives to, to be parents, and and yet it is mm-hmm. one of the most difficult things. Um, that you know, it is one of the most difficult jobs on the planet. At the same time, so you know, having having any any tips and and and, and tools to, to help you be a better parent is is hugely helpful. So, thank you so much for your time and uh, your expertise. It's been great to catch up and and hear what you've been getting up to. It's
1: a pleasure. It's lovely to catch up with you too.
0: Yeah. So. <laughs> Obviously, we talked about earlier um, your newsletter, so I'll, I will get the address for that and, and, and put that in the show notes. But if people wanted to connect with you or follow your, your work or, or get in touch, um, you know, social media-wise, that sort of thing, um, how would they be able to do that?
1: Um, I'm on Instagram, um, which is where I'm um, probably post most. Um, and uh, that's... Caroline Rowett, um, and I am also on LinkedIn um, but otherwise my website is Caroline route coaching.com and yeah as as I mentioned signing up for my newsletter via that um, and I will anyone who signs up in the next um, month month of May then I can send out the social media questionnaire and and the things that we talked about as well, which might be of use if people were asking about that. Awesome. Then, yeah, that might be helpful. <laughs> Brilliant!
0: Yeah, love it. Cool, Caroline. It's been an absolute pleasure to spend some time chatting with you. Thank you so much again for your time, and I look forward to catching up with the route and seeing what uh, what you're all doing in, in due course.
1: Lovely. Thank you.
0: Take care. Thank you for joining us on the pathfinder podcast we value and appreciate your time please subscribe and share help us to spread the word and get as many men as we can reach doing the work and living their lives intentionally purposefully and passionately pathfinders lead the way